Have you ever heard of an individual called the Far Traveler? The Far Traveler? Oh, yes, I've heard of the Far Traveler. The Red Guard, having been in town not that long ago. Memory serves that this is like the opposite of the Red Guard's territory. Memory serves that when we last asked Valen, Valen very definitively said they have no jurisdiction and better not be caught up here. See, see. <laughs> if you can, please, just trust me. This one time, as family, I promise I will tell you why. Eh, with you're probably purchase. overthinking things. You seem to do that a lot. I do. It could just be a herd of sheep, Vinavere. It could just be a herd of sheep. Welcome back, foundlings, to another episode of the Gage Chronicles, or rather, a chapter of the Gage Chronicles. This is season one, episode 43, but technically it's Chronicle one, chapter 43. It still doesn't feel right. I don't, I don't we're know. We're playing with it. It's yeah, fine. we're still playing with it. It doesn't feel right. Let us know your thoughts in the comments below or message us on our social media. Yeah. Oh, maybe we should do that in the beginning. Uh, Yeah. Because I know you schmucks don't listen to the end credits. No one does. Well, I just wanted to say, if you didn't listen to last two episodes ago... Mm, you missed you, a, a gem. You missed out on a beautiful rendition of a song. It might be three episodes compared to this one. I'm not it's, sure. Yeah, it was a while ago. Yeah, no, just go back and listen to all the end credits all the way to the end. Uh, besides that, if you guys uh, enjoy this podcast and this story or this episode in general, please leave us a rating and a review in whatever podcast listening app that you're on. And also consider going to our Patreon to support us financially because we are broke. Thank you. That was my PSA. All right. Anyway, I'm Emily. I am your game master and host for this series of The Gate Chronicles. And I am joined by my very handsome players. Oh, we get a compliment. Uh, uh, Quentin, who's here to also give you a PSA that the, the gem was in... Uh... Chronicle 1, Chapter 40, after we defeated El Chico and his banditos. So go back and take a listen to that if you hadn't. That way you can enjoy all the glory of Charles Smoot, 57-year-old biology teacher born and raised in upstate New York, as he successfully cut mantises in half. And Finevier Avir, played by myself, Jaden. Finevier is a humble bard looking to level up his life skills and level up his wallet. Is he humble? He says his name a lot. Or level mm. up his wife skills to Charles Smoot. That's pretty close, too. That would be Charles Smoot's goal. To level up his wife skills? <laughs> uh, yes. Recaps. Uh, recaps of episodes not past, but like mm. they're past, but not past recently. They're, they're, they're all past, okay? Everything's in the past from this moment here onward. I just made a terrifying realization. Which is? If Benavir's, uh previous crush... Was from uh from the his, well his hometown of uh, Taba, but uh, uh she probably moved mm. to this isn't Rayland. Oh, Ray not um no Rayland's the kingdom, Senai. Somewhere in Rayland, maybe Senai, the capital where we're going. And if they meet, 
I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> oh, listen, Sendai's a big place. There's lots of people. What's the likelihood that you two will run into one another? Yeah, what's a save, uh, death saving throw for embarrassment anyway? That's a good point. Now, we do know that she was betrothed to a wealthy merchant family and that Valen is from a wealthy merchant family. What if your crush is actually betrothed to Valen? So... Here's my thing. Headcanon. I love these conversations. I think we just need to have a side conversation where you guys discuss what you think is going on. Yeah, we just need a second podcast called Fan Theories. It wouldn't be Fan Theories. It'd be Party well, Theories. We're, we're, we're fans of our own show. Hootie Theories. Headcanons? Headcanons is fine. <laughs> Literally. And, then it's, and it's just a picture of a cannon coming out of someone's head. head oh, cannons. gosh. Uh, yeah, no, maybe I'll do that later. Maybe I'll actually sit you guys down. I'll be like, all right, so what the hell do you what think do is going you on? What think's going on? Uh, well, besides being very distracted and getting very off topic. Cheers. Let's get started. As your party ventured through the hills of Rayland, you came across a flock of sheep who blocked your path on the road. Very strange and eerie circumstances of noticing some blood streaks on their wool, but, you know, you just drove them up the road a little bit. With some difficulty, you herded them into a nearby field. But, again, the sheep appeared the next day, seemingly asking for help is what you've all assumed. And, well, something seems quite wrong up ahead, as Charles Smoot and Valen are currently scouting up the road about 30 minutes away from the rest of the party. Let me give you a, a lay of the land a little bit here. You and Valen have been traveling down this sort of branching and winding canyon. There are cliffs on either sides of you, and occasionally it seems that there is a path that gets split and bifurcates because there are large cliffs in the center of the road. And it is down the rightmost one that you hear this shout and see a man. As he comes running towards you, you see that he has very dirty skin right now. You can tell that there is blood coating him and his clothes. He appears to have a bleeding head wound. And in general, he looks very injured. Please, we need your help. The drakes are attacking. Balin, quick, take the Aquinthian, get the rest of the party. I'll treat to this man's wounds. This may be the cause of what's happening with the sheep, and who knows how many other villagers or people uh, could be injured up ahead. You see as this man sort of squats down on the ground as if to catch his breath. Thank you. Uh, we've been waiting for help for a few days now. Is Valen still here, or did he scurry off? No, he's sticking around for a second, just watching you. Do you have the materials to take care of this? I've got bandages and alcohol. Go! All right. Don't go too far. Uh, he, in his condition, this man's not going to be going anywhere. No, please. <sighs> My friends are trapped there. Uh, yes, you won't be going anywhere. We uh, might be able to help your situation. You need to rest. Here, go, go sit down and rest up against this cliff. I need to tend to your wounds. He sort of stands up very slowly, grasping at his arm, which you see some blood trickling down. Is it just the two of you? No, we have a party of people. We're seekers. So you're not with the guards, then? Are you from Western Hill? Did they what? send you? What? No. We're unaffiliated. We're, we're from Lamb's Respite. Dear God. That means they probably didn't make it there. Who didn't make it where? The others. They went to get help. How long has this been a problem? For a few days now. Uh, I mean, how far away is Western Hill from here? 
Well, if you have a mount, it's probably about two and a half days. Well, they may not have gotten there and come back yet in time if it's only been three days. He shakes his head. Anyways, you, you need to rest. Here, sit down here and rest up against the clutch. I need to tend to your wounds. No, uh, don't worry about me. They're trapped under the mines. I can take care of myself. What do you mean you can take care of yourself? You're, you're, you're bloodied, you're marred. I doubt you have bandages. You're not going to be able to sterilize anything. What if this arm gets infected and we have to amputate? Who knows if you have a concussion? He looks at you very confused. Okay, I am a healer. Very experienced with medicine. He looks more dubiously at you as you give this very basic explanation, but also demeaning explanation as well. He seemed doubtful in Smooth's capabilities. And he's trying to put it in words that he can understand because he realizes that they probably don't know what infections and concussions are. Valen, again, stayed for a moment watching this interaction. Benavir's right. You do tend to smooth things up. That is not a verb. You need to go. Why are you still here? Before he goes, he says... I'm not sure what you want us to do. What do you mean you don't know what I want us to do? I want us to get all of our people and proceed forward down the path and help these people out. Are you just intending on leaving them? No, but I thought the point was we are supposed to scout ahead. If we bring the entire party out here without any clue of what's ahead, then we put the entire party in danger. Leave people like David behind. He's basically a bystander. John doesn't need to come because he's not going to intervene because John's not intervening and Cece could be in danger. She's not going to be any help either, which means all you're grabbing is Finn, Kelsey, and Farron. Once we've collected everyone and we know that we're fighting dragons, then we can figure out the lay of the land and discuss how we wish to proceed. Not dragons! Drakes. What's the difference? I don't know. I just know the drakes. For all intents and purposes, they could be dragons. They could be wyverns. They could be worms. You don't know what they are, do you? Have you studied mythological creatures? The man shakes his head. No. Then don't dictate to me etymology. Why wouldn't we just take this man back to the wagon then? If we're going to fetch everyone, it's more work otherwise. Well, here seems a safe enough place to leave everyone so we can bring everyone to the fork in the road, and if they need to, they can head left while we go right. But whatever, I thought this man shouldn't be moved. I think we need to scout ahead. I'd rather not bring the group into something we can't handle. Oh, here seems to be a place we can handle. Well, we can't just leave him here while we go ahead. Fine. We can... I'll help carry this man back to the rest of the party, then. We'll all go together. I just thought this man shouldn't be moved. I really don't need you to carry me, sir. I can walk on my own. I was going to go to the West Hill, down the leftmost path, but if you want me to, I can get your friends. Oi, you're telling me you are going to head to Weston Hill, which is a two and a half day ride from here in this condition? I'm lucky I just ran into you now. Correct, you shouldn't be going anywhere. You should be rest- you're injured. Ah, people have no self-preservation instinct. Come with us to the rest of our party. Then we'll figure out what we do from there. So Smoot will help this man up, even if he protests. Okay. And make sure that he's walking soundly and we'll be e examining him for signs of, like, concussions, whether he's, like, able to walk straight, seems dizzy. No, sir, like really, please. I can walk on my own. I don't need your help. That's the adrenaline talking. You don't know what underlying side effects you could have. The only underlying side effect I am having is rage. Induced by you. Please stop. Ah, that hurts. And if you keep talking back to me, it's going to hurt more. You just see his Valen turns his mount around and sort of shakes his head and mutters to himself. All right, uh, and we would be making our way back to the party. A half an hour later, you make it back to the party, who is, meanwhile, at the wagon, chilling. 
Make way! Injured coming through! Smooch shouts as he approaches the rest of the party. Well, is it good news? Or... I just said injured. What part of injured is good news? Oh, injuries for one thing. Uh, okay. Crisis is another. How about this? A man with bloody arm and possible contusion. Uh, and there are, oh, by the way, dragons up ahead. Uh, no, Rizzo, can you please let me go now? You are sitting your butt in this wagon. I don't even... Uh, uh Valen, was that hyperbole? What do you mean? Um... Uh, it's, it's, uh, uh, are there dragons? What dragons? Those drakes. Oh, drakes, that's so much better. Uh, and I'm like, uh, does just know the difference? Uh, he's got a pretty good knowledge. Can I roll to see if he knows the difference? So you want to make a knowledge history? That's an 11. You kind of recall some stories of drakes, dragons, and things. Although you never really quite got the difference between any of them. They're lizards of some kind. They usually are big, and they like to eat lots and lots of meat. Yes, Drake's. Um, is this something we should be getting ourselves into? Or? Personally, I wanted to scout further ahead before we came back. I wanted them to know what they were getting into. I wasn't going to say we even come back unless we know what we're facing against. Well, apparently, Drake's. Anyways, wait, 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 wait. What's the difference? Let me see. Giant reptile with wings and big sharp teeth. That's a dragon. All right. And your point is what? Is that what we're going into? Giant lizard with wings and sharp teeth? I don't know. I've never encountered one. All right, great. Well, I guess we don't really know what we're getting into. Uh, uh, Smoot would walk up to the injured individual who he has basically sat on the end of the cart. You see that Farron is tending to him. Ah, please, ma'am. No, not that. No. Ah, it's a better. But please, ma'am. Can you give us a description of the creatures that attacked your village mining operation town thingy? The big and red and scary. I don't know, just fire was everywhere. Oh, great, they breathe fire. That's a dragon in my book. Stop brushing him so difficult. Uh, here, let me help. Uh, he, I, is there um flora around, uh, grass? or? You are in what appears to be a stony canyon. There's not much vegetation. In fact, what vegetation there is appears to be like cacti and dried brush. Well, then I suppose it can't be helped. Um, Ben will reach into his uh, reserves and pull out a flower and perform cure light wounds for the guy. Farron looks at you before you do that. Wait, one second. You don't need to do that. I do have a few things of my own to do it. Uh, You should probably save your... Uh, what is it, the magic that you do? I don't want you hurting yourself. Also, especially we're going to be fighting dragons. You almost died to a mantis. How do you expect to beat something that breathes fire? Also, Vinivir, not every injury requires magic healing. Sometimes it's better to be traditional. I suppose you're right. Uh, perhaps I'm being a bit rash. She nods, and then goes back to tending his wounds, which she seems to prod one of them a little bit hard and... He sort of jolts. Ugh, madam. Cece sort of walks over to you guys. So, we're going to be fighting things. Uh, ex- we? What is this, like, the exclusive royal we? Like, you aren't included, we? What? Uh, no, of course I'm included. Did you check that by John? Hey, John, is Cece allowed to fight dragons? You actually see that John is off a good distance. It looks like probably going to the bathroom right now. So let me guess, you haven't built a bin yet, and you want to sneak off 
and attempt to slay a dragon. Why not? It would be an adventure. It would be an amazing adventure, but that is not the point, because it is also an immense amount of danger. All right, yeah, no. So the word there, danger, dragon, whatever the thing is. No, no. So uh, here's the thing. I, I, You know, maybe I should just stay back here and you guys go take care of it. I'll stay with the cart and... Uh, Someone's got to watch the wares, exactly. Also, the injured individual. By the way, besides injured individual, what do I call you? Uh, Donovan. All right. Balin, Baron, Finn, and Kelsey. Come on, where we're going to go and scout this out. Cece looks at you indignantly. Excuse me? I noticed... You may be... Yes, exactly. You are being excused from this situation. No, I'm going with you. You can't stop me. Oh, actually, we can. Smoot. Smoot will shout at the top of his lungs. John! Cece's trying to fight a dragon! Roll a perception check really quick. Uh, 11 total for Charles Smoot. You kind of see that he makes some kind of gesture in the air. Like with, like, one hand, but you can't really tell because he's a good distance away. Okay, thumb. Like, the only thing I can think of is positive reassurance in this instance, which is very conflicting with what he's done in the past, which is made her not participate in the bandit fight, but then he's okay if she fights a dragon, unless he thinks I'm being satirical? You could roll a sense motive for this thing that you couldn't see. Well, look at that. A thumbs up from John. Was that a thumbs up? I don't have my glasses. I actually couldn't tell either. I, I don't, honestly, why are we looking over there? I think he's going to the bathroom. Yeah, avert your eyes. <laughs> I'll, 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 a, a, any, a, either of the, the women within reach, uh, Finn will put his hand over. You are actually standing next to Kelsey, who was the one who brought this up. Why are we looking over there? In the Finnevere. I, um, I was already looking away by this point, but thank you. Smoot will begin walking over to John. All right, so you begin making your way over there. Finnevere, you hear as Valen and kind of mumbles under his breath. I still think we should take a smaller party to go scout, but all right. All right. Well, then who would you suggest? Uh, those who could be light on their feet or those who would be more likely to return in a, in a scuffle? He sort of or sighs. Basically, like, me or him? <laughs> he sort of sighs. Honestly, I don't know what we're going to be facing. I've heard of these creatures, but I've never actually had to deal with them, so I don't know much. But he looks at you thoughtfully. I mean, typically, if you're going to send out a scouting party, you want the party to be quiet and undetectable. I don't know if Mr. Loudmouth over there has that capability. Uh, Finn's okay being sneaky when he needs to be. All right. All right. We'll have to make it quick. Uh, all right. Uh, so, uh, your horse, uh, the one that Smoot had. Smoot didn't have a horse. He didn't? No. Oh. But he walked on foot. Uh, I, I, can, I can keep up. Yeah, he looks at you and shakes his head. Yeah, I don't know about sharing amounts, so... Uh, oh, that's uh, perfectly all right. Well, <clears throat> no time like the present. Uh, Finn is suggesting that even though Smoot had asserted that everyone should go, uh, Finn is uh, timidly uh, presenting that, oh, yes, a scouting party is probably not a bad idea. And if he needs someone to go, he's suggesting if for no other reason that it would be a quicker decision. <laughs> All right. Definitely, we got the implication. But the question is, what does Finnevere do? Like, what is he good at? No. What does Finnevere do in this instance? He's made an implication, but actions speak louder than words. It, does Finnevere stay where he is, or does he start making his way in that direction? Oh, no, no, sorry. Yeah, he'll uh, he'll start moving along. So, uh, that, 
a little bit towards the direction of leaving, waiting for the reaction of uh, Valen turning around. Uh, you see that Valen actually slides off of his mount. All right, let's go take a look at the area. At the very least, he shakes his head towards Farron, who nods at him, seemingly understanding, as they've been together for a while. And so he begins moving along. Meanwhile, Charles Smoot, as you are walking your way over towards John, you have Cece currently running up behind you, trying to grab you. Wait, no, don't you dare, Mr. Smoot. Don't I dare what? No. Don't I, what, what, what's going to happen if I dare? I'll make you regret it. Don't, don't make me regret making sure that you're safe. Yeah, that's a great concept. I don't, okay. <sighs> I'm fine if you want to get into a little bit of trouble. However, comma, fighting dragons is not a little bit of trouble. Then what about Kelsey? Why does she get to go? If you want to keep me safe, why aren't you keeping her safe? Because there's also not the consequences of John murdering me if you die. But if Kelsey dies, then I murder you. That's not nearly as threatening. Wait a second. You don't care about Kelsey. That's also incorrect. Then why would you? Hold on. Your lo- this logic, I can't follow it. Listen. I'm being perfectly honest. I care about both of you, and I want to make sure both of you are safe. However, this is a dangerous enough situation that I know it would upset both John and Amali, which neither of them would want you to take this opportunity. Wait, wait, wait. Unless I'm wrong. I have another suggestion then. Why don't we just leave the guy to his own devices? So ignore the dragons and all the villagers trapped under the mine and just continue on our way like nothing ever happened. We could. Isn't there like a way around it or something? No, there's no way around. Interesting. That's unfortunate. Hmm. All right. Well, I'm going to go tell Kelsey you don't care about her. That's uh, the exact opposite of what I said. No, no, no. It's what you implied. Smoot will continue walking towards John. All right. Cece turns around and begins stomping off towards Kelsey. Uh, Finn would have liked to make a comment to Kelsey before leaving. Okay. Uh, Holding out the whistle, of which she has a matching whistle too, he'll say, if you can hear in the distance... Two is we need assistance. Three is you need to run ahead of us in the opposite direction. Wait, isn't the opposite direction back the way we came? If it's dangerous enough, if you hear that, keep going. We'll catch up. We'll find you. All right. Never know what's ahead. That's what we got to find out. Speaking of, got to go. So you start moving along with Valen, who kind of looks at you and says, you do know it's about five miles down the road, right? Well, whatever it takes... Is what it is. All right. I would like to specify that Finn does not take his backpack, um, which means he only has his combat materials and uh, bandolier of magic things. Uh, okay. Also, which means he doesn't have the the box of carrying, but he does have Isabel always in his front bandolier pocket. Ah, uh, yes, the doll, the most important object. All right. Uh, Charles, you make it over to where John is, who is currently adjusting his pants by this point. John, did you not hear me? You said something about Cece downing something. No, she wants to fight a dragon. That doesn't surprise me. Are you just going to let this happen? Wait, wait, what dragon? There are dragons up ahead. Drakes, technically. They attacked a nearby mining camp, I guess. Miners are trapped underground. And Cece thought it would be a great idea to sneak off while you were urinating and go fight them herself. I mean, she's... She's right there. She didn't really sneak off. That's because I told her not to. I think you gave a thumbs up or something. 
Huh. Yeah, I can see where the problem lies. Really? I'm glad you caught up. I'm sorry, these walls sort of echo. Wouldn't that make sound travel better? No, it was... It was actually harder to understand. Oh, goodness gracious. Okay, anyways, I'm assuming Cece is not allowed to fight the dragons. It's probably not a good idea, so... Yeah. Amazing! So... Then that means you, Cece, David, and the injured man, uh, Donovan, will be staying here or slightly further up the road with the cart as the rest of us approach the situation. All right. That's fine, I guess. Well, I'm clarifying this as opposed to the alternative, which was you giving us a thumbs up and taking Cece to fight a dragon. Well, I'm glad you made an executive decision for yourself. He just smiles. What, what do you mean? I was a teacher. I was in charge of literally dozens of kids. And, and whatever. I don't need this from you. We're going to go kill a dragon. You have fun with the kids. Have fun babysitting. And Smoot will also storm off. Okay. John is slowly approaching from behind you, but you, you are definitely stomping off. And you see as Cece is saying things to Kelsey, who then looks at you surprised and offended. All of what she said is absolutely not true. And what I said earlier, Cece, is 100% correct. Uh, That I can go? No! What I said was correct, which was that John thought you were, like, downing a chili dog in a Dodge Dakota down by a Dairy Queen drawing drowsy ducks. He did not hear what I said properly. What? The point is, is that John did not hear me correctly and that you are absolutely under no circumstances allowed to fight a dragon and you will be staying with John, David, Dovian, and this cart. Wait a second. If she can't fight, then why am I being allowed to fight? You probably shouldn't either, but I can't stop you and John's not going to tell you no. Both Kelsey and Cece look at each other and then look back at you, disappointed. But Charles, as you are... Doing this regular shouting business of your own. Yeah. You notice that... Actually, no roll perception check. I might not notice. Uh, 20 total for Charles Smith. No, you do notice. You notice that Valen is not on his mount or anywhere around this small camp area that you guys have set up, as well as Finnevere, who is missing as well. Uh, did our missing party members get abducted by sheep? Because I know they didn't go take on the dragons by themselves. Finnevere almost died to a mantis. He feels a sheep walks right by your leg and brushes up against you. Uh, they were abducted by sheep. Uh, no, they said they went to scout ahead. And you will let them? I feel like that's the smarter option. If you don't want somebody like me going out there to fight or Cece, then I think it'd be a better idea to at least see what's up ahead before we just charge straight in. You, you brazen bulldozing brute. Fine, stay here with the cart. They'll do their reconnaissance. I'm going on ahead. And he stops off. Wait, Mr. Smoot! The point is, you were too loud! Then I'll stomp quietly! Stop yelling! In the canyon! Oh, now you have something to say when someone's doing something! I see how it is! What? What? He says as he gets even further away. <laughs> you just hear her say again, I- What? You just hear, like, the voice echo, This canyon is really hard to hear in! <laughs> uh... Finnevere and Valen, you guys are moving on ahead. You're not that much further than the group, probably about six-ish minutes walking through the curving, snaking valleys or, yeah, ravines. Uh, just, just to clarify, there are two enormous cliffs on each side. Yes, you are in a canyon. Great. But yeah, but it's like, it's, it's narrow, so it's more like a gorge. Even better. That means there's 
more that we might be able to duck for cover where aerial combat is uh i don't know if these things climb or whatever they do just saying it's not too bad for sneaking conditions so um you guys continue traveling down the road charles smooth being a good number of minutes behind trudging through you don't see them up ahead though that's fine uh, upon getting closer to the fork in the road which he can roughly judge the distance he would attempt to be quieter okay they get to the fork in the road first so you guys do reach this fork in the road and valen indicates the man came from that way all right then we can assume whatever danger is here is up ahead uh shortly or not yes well he said something about a mine and i do know that there are a few of them around here so we're probably heading to a small settlement of sorts did valen come afoot yes okay that makes it stealthing a whole lot easier that is. It, it does. It That's does probably why he left his horse behind. All right. I guess we'll proceed with caution. Ladies uh, first. <laughs> so I would like to roll stealth. That's fine. Go ahead. What's your total? 22. All right. So, Vinevere, you squat down and begin expertly stealthing, moving ahead slowly. But you do see that there's a long stretch of this gorge before you. There doesn't appear to be anything up ahead for a little for a little bit of a distance. But you're moving quietly and carefully. Uh, as a master of acoustics, I uh, would be aware of his, uh, uh, I guess, uh, audible accidental makings. Uh, English, please. <laughs> Valen doesn't start stealthing, though. He's really standing, but walking slow, being careful of where he steps, but not really being as careful as you are. Then he actually ends up walking past you as you're down and looks at you. I don't know if we need to do that yet, my friend. Oh, of course. And I'll uh, pick the pace back up. If I remember this area correctly, I believe that this is the right branch of the mines, so that means it's about two miles down the road. And so he continues walking and you guys do walk for a good about 20 more minutes well Charles Smoot by that point by the time they get to where like 10 minutes down that road you come to the branch and fork in the road Charles Smoot would head down the rightmost branch as that is the direction he was told the mine was in and he would begin delving immediately because he does not have the aforementioned knowledge that it is further down the road okay so you're gonna roll your stealth that's a total seven for Charles Smoot I'm assuming that he's, like, way out, and especially moving at half speed. He won't catch up for them for quite a while. Yeah, not for a little bit. So, you guys are making your way down this gorge, which curves a bit, and it's pretty open. But you do notice that most of the road, there's no other branching routes. It just seems to be its own straight and narrow path, so to speak. And again, you're traveling down this for about 20 or so minutes until you come to an opening in the cliffs which branches out and seems to spread into actually a wider canyon of sorts. Okay. And as you approaching to the area, you saw smoke from overhead, seemingly coming from this area. And as you approached closer, the scent of blood was in the air, mixed with the sulfur. And as you step into this canyon, you see that this settlement has been decimated. Smoldering flames eat away at the wooden structures and... You see the bodies of several men on the ground, bloodied and gored. You don't see any survivors, assuming maybe that they have either fled or have hidden somewhere. 
You can see patches of blood spread across this gorge, which are occasionally accompanied by the parts of other victims. You just hear Valen sort of exclaim, Dear gods, mm. right, this is where we should probably be careful. We don't know where they are, or if they're still here. Got it. Uh, stealth roll to electric boogaloo? Sure. What does that even mean? Uh, he was three rolls. Because uh, I, I rolled stealth before, uh, but now I have to roll stealth again, presumably. Uh, I, I, the electric boogaloo confused me, that's why. Oh, electric boogaloo is... Uh, Just the sequel or whatever. It's a meme for... Uh, it's a meme tagline for sequels. Yeah, I have no uh, idea. Okay, interesting. All right. What was your total? Nine. All right. You step on a cactus. Oh. Uh, and every time you step, you feel the prickling of the needles in your shoes. Even though you managed to get out a few of them, they seem to have embedded themselves... And so they now irritate you with every step. Valen mutters, nice. Nice. <laughs> I like that little addition there. The devil's weed. <laughs> Valen also kind of chuckles with that, and he has to stop himself. <clears throat> All right, let's proceed forward. Uh, you can go ahead and take a look around the area, if you'd like. All right, uh, let's see what there is to see. Uh, sure. Perception first. Yeah. Uh, that would be a 23 for Finn. Okay. Benavir, as you and Valen are moving through this settlement, you see on the ground there are dozens, if not hundreds, of footprints and other tracks. You see some large ones that seem like claw marks that have been made in the sides of these buildings, as well as some nearby tents which seem to have been set up. And as you approach towards some of the bodies, you notice that these must have been guards. They seem to have been disarmed. Quite literally. So they're, the guards don't have weapons on them. They don't have arms on them. Oh. <laughs> literally. Uh, do they have their weapons on them? You don't see their weapons on them, but you see broken remains of a crossbow in one area, and in another you see a sword that has been split. Hmm. And making your way further into the gorge, you see that there appears to be some patches of blood that almost seem to make a trail. Uh, how fresh does it look? That would be a survival. Yeah, Finn's got none of that, so uh, we'll see how this goes. Uh, 18 for Finn! Nice roll! <laughs> I have a zero. Okay. Ugh. You notice that these stains of blood in the ground, which have been eagerly absorbed by the earth, out of thirst it seems, they seem to be a few days old at most, but you can tell that they seem to lead up to a collapsed mine shaft just up ahead in the side of this cliff. All right. That's likely where everyone's held up, according to the survivor. You say, and you turn your attention to Valen, who seems to be staring at a nearby building on the side, which has a very large three-fingered claw mark in the side of it. Uh, Finn will go up next to him, uh, waiting for him to say something or do something. He's not really sure what his interest is in, in this house. He just seems to be looking at it before he sighs and shakes his head and then looks at you. Have you found something? Just a trail that looks like it leads to uh, a shaft of sorts, so that might be where everyone's held up. All right. Well, it doesn't look like it's here right now. Uh, well, that's good, but if it could leave this much destruction... What was that man's name? Donovan, I think. Yes. 
You said the other miners was trapped in one of the mines. Maybe that's the one. Charles Smoot, you do arrive to this settlement by this point, seeing a very similar scene and sight. Do I see Balin and Pindir up further ahead? Make a perception check. Oh, but Jade, stealth is terrible. Uh, 23 total for Charles Smith's perception. You see a variety of tracks on the ground, but you don't see them. You think perhaps they are further in, maybe behind some rubble or debris, but you kind of hear the sound of whispered voices off in the distance, deeper within the settlement. Uh, Smoot will begin approaching the sound of the voices. Okay, are you still stealthed? Because um, I would say you've entered stealth. I was going to say you've entered into a new area. Please roll stealth. Same roll. Seven. Okay. Charles Smoot, you find yourself crunching on top of something, and you feel it prick into your foot. It's the a discarded same cactus. <laughs> it's a discarded cactus piece. Why is this just laying here on the ground? Gah. You feel as its burrs embed themselves in your shoe, and every time you take a step, you feel as your big toe gets pricked. Charles Smoot definitely take a moment take out the cactus pricks and then move on though he would probably be grumbling the entire way okay but eventually he would continue on his way making his way towards the murmured voices all right roll a perception check finavir he's not oblivious he isn't oblivious 27 you hear the sound of dirt crunching nearby it sounds like it's coming from around another side of the building finn will slowly try to make his way to try to see if he can see whatever that is before it sees him. Okay, so do you continue your stealth? Uh, you tell me if it's continued or new. That's up to you. Let's just have you roll a new uh, stealth check. So you're sneaking around one side of the building. Charles I'm Smooth. walking, effectively. <laughs> uh, 18. Alright. You squat down and begin slowly maneuvering your way to the side of the building, leaning up against it. Valen looks at you, confused, uh, and sort of gestures with his hands. What? Why? Uh, I'll make a hand gesture towards his uh, hand to his ear, like hearing, and then pantomime with two fingers, like something walking, uh, like hear, walk. He has to roll sense mode. <laughs> hear, footsteps, that way. How good is Valen at trades? Uh... Third, uh, third motion, uh, finger to lips. Okay. All right. You see him sort of furrow his brow, but then he nods and also goes up against the building. Leaning against it and approaching towards you, you see that his hand rips towards his rapier. Ben would like to draw his crossbow. Okay. Smoot will draw his bastard, so... Charles Smoot, I need you to roll a perception check. Uh, 19 for Charles Smoot. You hear the sound of some sort of mechanical movement nearby around the corner of the house are these clockwork dragons oh no and as you approach you both hear a loud crunching sound and as charles smoot comes around the corner vinevere you spin out and you come face to face with charles smoot both of you are startled what are you what are you you sticking up our own buildings for what are you doing here why are you here Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't get the memo that we were leaving. You're still very loud, even though you're whispering. What is wrong with you? Well, it's a gift. <laughs> it is a gift and a curse all at the same time. I'm very good at projecting. It doesn't look like it's here right now. So then why are we whispering? I don't know. Okay, close by. God, what is wrong with you? Uh, did you find the miners? We found tracks leading to the mines. We haven't actually been able to get over there yet. All right, well, it's not here now. We should act quickly. Right. Figure out 
if we can get in contact with them, we can figure out if it attacks at night or day or if it's random. All right. All right. It's right over there. Let's go. All right. And we'll make our way to the uh, the mines. Finn hasn't ruled out that the, these things are hiding in the mines. It's possible. Yeah, dragons like layers, and mines are like layers. Yes. Everything lizard-like is a dragon. Correct. All right. So you guys maneuver your way over towards this collapsed mine. And as you do, you hear the sound of what sounds like voices murmuring inside. Um, definitely, certainly like voices, like people voices. It's mar- it's muffled and very hard to hear. But it sounds like talking. It sounds like some kind of communication is going on. Okay. Just making some- sure we're not... Some interpreting kind. like you know Dragon growls and, I, I really hope s- these aren't like parrot like creatures that can mimic human talk that would be just oh, terrifying they uh, lure you in I will not sleep well if it is <laughs> Lord, who wants to do the honors of what moving rubble no of checking to make sure the people there there are rocks there alright then use your big man voice Charles will scream at the top of the lungs are you trapped in there you hold your breath for a second, Finevere, as Charles Smoot's voice literally echoes across this canyon, bouncing off the stone walls. You hear as the voices sort of stop momentarily, but then you hear a shout back. Yes, we're in here. Oh, thank the gods you, you're here. Help us get out, please. Is there any structural damage we need to know about? You see as you say that. Before you, the mine shaft itself appears to have been severely damaged. The structure of that was holding the entrance open has mostly collapsed, being made out of what appeared to have been some sort of metal. But it appears that there was a rock slide that brought down this structure. There was a lot of damage. We only got done of it out in time. Are there any tools out here that would help us get to you? Yes, should be some... Uh, Finding picks and troubles nearby. Oh, we're keeping these. <laughs> this is our reward for saving them. Uh, okay, we would go attempt to locate the tools. You guys, as you start looking around, you see nearby there appears to have been a minecart that has fallen off the tracks. And inside of it, next to this destroyed track, there seems to be picks and shovels, a few broken ones. And beyond that, though, that's most of what's left. Does it look like there's enough to perhaps mend one? There are multiple. Oh, there there, there are enough fixed ones there's that we don't have to worry about that? Yes. There's enough for three people, mystically. Oh, great! As if the universe had this prepared for us. Dibs okay. on the shovel. As you guys are starting to grab your picks and shovels to try and help these people out, you see there's tons of debris in front of the mine shaft. Roll a perception check. <laughs> oh no. Ten. 26 for Charles Smoot. Pinavir, you start digging at some of this rubble, but Charles Smoot, off in the distance, you hear the faint and distinct sound of a whistle being blown. The whistle. Is there a whistle? And then you also hear a very distant sound of a loud roaring. Loud roaring. Whistle. Pinavir, didn't you have a whistle? Uh, yes, but it's right here, and I probably should be well out of range. Well, I hear a whistle being blown, and the sound of loud roaring... Uh, then we should hide. We should hide? What if they're in danger? This is a scouting party, Mr. Smoot. Yes, but there's no dragon here. What if they need our help? Is it a warning whistle or is a save me, I'm dying whistle? 
I don't know if you would be, without having pre-planned that with somebody, you might not know. Well, the sound of the dragon is coming from the same direction as the whistle, Penavir. I don't know what to tell you. I'm going back to check. All right. Balin looks over at the mine shaft. We'll have to come back for you later. But no, please don't leave us. We've been here for three days. Probably almost dead. We're running low on, on water and rations. So, you guys begin making your way oh, back. Oh, I book it. No, okay. like full sprint. Charles Smoot, you begin sprinting your way back. Uh, Finnevere? Oh, gosh dang it, Smoot. You follow. You begin making your way back. But as you do, you hear Valen shout, I'll stay back here. I'll keep an eye on the area. Stay safe. He'll nod. You guys begin making your way back, looking at... It takes you half the time because you're running. You can run for a good distance. But by the time you guys make it back, you see that the cart is somewhat on fire. There are dead sheep all around. And you see that David is currently cowering in the side. And Kelsey's staying there with her crossbow, along with Cece and John. All of them are in firing form. Oh, is that one whistleblow, two or three? He only heard one. Uh, and what does one whistleblow I mean? Someone wasn't listening. <laughs> I wasn't listening, so I don't know. Uh, but we went back the way we came, and then the cart that we were been traveling with is now there with our party in it. We went back to where we left the cart. Our party mm-hmm. is there, but My- the party is on fire. Miles away. Yeah, that is correct. Uh, well, you know, I guess echoing canyon. Uh, <clears throat> I, I, it, it took me a 26 to hear a whistle off far in the distance. Uh, you can hear a, a whistle from about 10 miles. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Sound travels really far. It does. Why do you think you can hear lightning and thunder from like miles away? Because it's really fast. It's really, yeah, just like that, all sound. That whistle, <laughs> that whistle was really fast. But yes, really fast as you come back, you see that your cart is damaged by fire oh. and currently Farron has been putting it out Donovan is currently helping but only with one arm They're where close. is it where's the beast flew off already flew off where I'm gonna kill it my beast you mean two Be- beasts plural how big one of them was large and the other one was a bit smaller probably male and female do you know which way point point and I kill honestly no I wasn't paying that much attention to that I was honestly worried about the girls well, clearly, nowhere is safe with them, so they might as well just rendezvous with us. We we found the trapped miners. There are a good number of them, and they are very stuck. <sighs> well, unfortunately, I think your wagon's going to need some repairs. Um, my baby. <laughs> some of the paint has started peeling away, and you see as embers of paint begin to float off into the air, along no. with one of the flowers. Is it no. still functional, aesthetics aside? You could roll a knowledge engineering. I cannot. You could make an assumption that this thing might only go for about a mile or so before the axle breaks. Uh, uh. remember, maybe you can patch it up because we gotta move. Being out in the open like this is probably not a good idea. Wait, where's Valen? He's further up the road. He said he was gonna do some more scouting from behind. Well, I think these sheep are really bad luck because they really seem to want them. Well, then distance yourself from them. Be gone! Show! You see a cerulean just stands there and eeps. Some of his fur is singed. Oh no, my poor baby. And Smoot will go up and hug him and like pat out the cinders. <laughs> my poor son, come here. Well, more than likely you're going to be able to get the materials repair your wagon up ahead of that settlement. Even more the reason for us to go there, because the wagon's not making it much further without them. And if we rescue the miners, they might be able to help us put it together. Yeah. All right. So, uh, 
Guys, I really... You know, I'm starting to think that this was not the mission for me to go on. What was this rank you said again? Oh, it was really easy. It was like an E rank quest or something. This is an easy quest? No, I'm kidding. This was C. <laughs> you can just hear John kind of chuckle. Uh, child's play. Oh, really? Well, then you fight two dragons at once, Mr. Big Shot. Well, normally I'm not transporting cargo, and also I, uh... You know, I'm not going to say the rest of it, because I feel like that would just offend some people here. I get it. We're weak. Well, I mean, when you put it that way... Yeah. Normally I have a party of more capable members. Well, if you could capably strut your way up the road, that would be appreciated, because we need to get moving. All right. You hear Donovan sort of speak up. Um, sorry, I, I can't go back there. If I, I can't. So much blood. And don't. I can stay by your cart if you want. Cart's coming with us. I don't know if it'll make it up the road. I'm not going back there. You guys can walk into your death. I'm not. Then you can head for Weston Hill. Maybe if the other people didn't make it, you can alert the guards. He growls at you slightly and like his throat. I was going to go there, but you brought me this way. This yes. is the opposite direction. So you could get medical treatment. I would have been fine. Ben will dig up some rations. He'll give him uh, four days of his rations and uh, his water skin. He looks at you a little confused. If you're going to go, you won't make it without rations. What about yourselves? Uh, there's enough to scrounge together between us. But if you're going to make it, you're going to need a fighting chance. Honestly, I'd rather not go that way. I'm just going to stay here for a bit. I'll just okay. rest. And uh, he won't give him the rations. and uh, He'll give him one ration to snack on and okay. offer him a it. sip from his uh, uh, his uh, water skin. You actually see that he kind of pulls off his side what appears to be his own water skin. Oh, okay. I just assumed he was running for the hills with reckless abandon. The miners carry stuff with them when they're going down deep in the mines. All right. And let's move out once again on the road. Uh, Control Smoot attempt to, like, alleviate some of the weight on the wagon by lifting... So, like, it, the wagon has four wheels, correct? Yes. Which axle is damaged? Front. The front one? Can he attempt to, like, lift the front a little to alleviate the weight on the front of the cart? How heavy is the wagon? That is not normally a question I have to answer, but all right. That's a good right. point. We're going we're gonna to ask the internet. Pathfinder wagon. It tells you how much it can carry. I don't think it tells you how much it weighs. Uh, basically, I think we're trying to figure out, is there a way to nurse it to let it go a little further? You could. You could try to lift it, but you'd be walking with it for a while, which would probably fatigue your character. Can it be mended if all the, the shards are still there? Or at least that part. It burned, Jaden. Oh. Well, I know the edges were burned. I didn't know that the axle was burned. The fire that affected the car, it seemed to have burned hot and fast. As Dragonfire would. So a Pathfinder cart base weighs 400 pounds, not including any cargo. So we would just make everyone get out. Okay. And then it would just be pulled on wheels. And I'm only really lifting some of the weight up. The horses would still be, or the horse would still be pulling it forward. You're able to go a little bit of a distance with the wagon, about three or so miles before you start hearing the wood sort of shifting creak as if it was about to give way. Nope, that's that's about as far as we push it. If we want to be able to fix it in time afterwards, we need to stop here. 
We're gonna have to give it a new axle anyways. Wait a minute. What if we put the front of the wagon on top of the carryall? The carryall has a size limit, remember. But it still has a weight capacity. You would be resting a flat surface on a box. But the wagon is taller than... Oh, is it? It's too tall? Yeah. That's fine. It it was a thought. It was in... It's a two-by-two cube. The wagon? How tall does the wagon sit up off the ground? They sit up really high. Do you know how big those wheels are? Like, a light wagon is five feet off the ground. Uh, What if we ignored the height, set it on top awkwardly, and then balanced it as one could do... Men, you're trying to jerry-rig this too much. Just move on. That's what men are really good at. Like, you guys have gotten it as far as it's going to go reasonably, and the more time you take with this wagon, the higher the likelihood of those men dying in the mines. Okay, well, then we would still have to transport all the cargo with us. Uh, okay, advice from your GM here. David isn't going with you based on earlier sentiments and statements you guys made. You can ask him to wait here with the supplies. That that shouldn't be a problem. All right, we're a little over halfway there. The town's only about two miles ahead. Who all's coming with us? We may be encountering dragons. You say that, but everyone seems to kind of shudder a little bit at the thought, except for John, who just smirks. I mean, I can help you, but I'd be breaking my promise. Perfectly fine. It is potentially very dangerous. So maybe it would be best for you all to stay back here and protect each other just in case they do come back. And we have to have someone to watch the cart. I want to help. If the cart gets attacked and Kelsey or David are in danger, you're helping by protecting them, Cece. Mm. Remember, our mission was to deliver this cargo. Meaning, the most important thing is that the cargo survives. If a dragon attacks and blows a fireball at it, we immediately fail. (sighs) Fine, I'll do it. But I don't want to hear any more murmuring about me not being a party member or anything like that. All right, Vinavir, we should see if we can find Valen. Baron, are you coming with us then? Of course I'm coming with you. There are people up ahead that need help. Indeed. Uh, There are a number of miners trapped in the collapse. Some of them may be injured. We don't know yet. (sighs) I can come if you want. I might be able to help a little bit. Uh, it would be appreciated. But at the same time, I don't want you putting yourself in any danger you're not comfortable with. And I was being genuine. We do need someone to watch after the cargo. What if El Chico comes back with more banditos? Well, John's here. Right. But I mean, having more people, we barely scraped by last time, and I'm sure they could handle it. So having someone to watch the cart is necessary. Also, Kelsey, if you leave, Cece's going to be curmudgeon about this. Yeah, you're right. Oh, I would hate for someone to step on your toes there, Mr. Smoot. It's fine. I am a grown woman. Kelsey, you can go. It won't hurt my feelings. I'll just have Mr. Smoot pay me back later. She smiles somewhat wickedly. You still haven't paid me back for the cloak I bought you. She leers at you. And he leers back at her. Fine, we'll consider this payment. Me staying here. You doing your job is worth 200 silver? Exactly. I am a very expensive woman. Kelsey, just stay with the cart so I don't get price gouged. Wait, no. Now I have to come. What? Because you want to gouge me on prices? My wallet hurts. This is revenge, Mr. Smoot. Or what? And she begins moving forward past you. The Smoot will storm off angrily, still trying to figure out what has her in a tizzy. (laughs) (laughs) on the way up you sure do have a way with women Mr. Smoot it's my natural charm 
That's not a good one. And but it is natural. And Smoot will begin uh, looking for Valen and calling out for him periodically as we proceed up the road, making sure that we can reconvene with him and he can be filled in on the new plan. Okay. So as you begin approaching back towards the settlement, make a perception check. After you. I like that number. I guess we'll take that. Uh, 22 for Charles Smoot. Oh, oh, the pain. Oh, nine. <laughs> nine for Finnevere. Oh, the ones they hurt. It's bad. Charles, so you're calling for Valen, who seems to step out from behind one of the buildings closer to the mine. Over here. Have you made any progress? Well, very little. Well, I brought back up. This is who's willing to come. With your party, you currently have Benavir, Valen, Charles, Kelsey, and Farron. We should probably leave some lookouts to make sure that we spot the dragons before they sneak up and surprise us. For the last time, it's drakes. Dragons do not exist. I'm sorry, I heard there are giant flying reptiles that breathe fire. That's a dragon. They they were flying and they were breathing fire. Sounds like a dragon to me. Uh, yeah, not something I'd ever expected to run into. Nor I. All right, let's try and get these people out. Baron, keep a lookout. Kelsey, same with you. Men? Let's get to work. Charles Smoot will start, like, manhandling and just grabbing giant rocks and just, like, throwing them out of the way. Okay. Uh, you are handed a shovel, Finnevere, by Valen. Mm-hmm. And you both begin sort of digging. And you do this for a little bit until you hear, Wait! Hold on. You hear that? Oh, enlighten us. Well, the sound of your digging is making it harder to hear, but that sounds like the flapping of wings. Big wings. Uh, Smoot will call into the cave. Do the dragons attack at a given time? Is it generally at night? He means drakes. You don't get a response for a few minutes. Then after a bit, you do hear, Please say it again. We're deep in the caves. Do the drakes attack at night? No. Isn't it getting closer to the evening? In game. You guys went over here literally in the afternoon. Yeah. It, it's not getting dark yet. Okay. But you also see that the house is nearby still smoldering. At the sound of the wings or, or what oh, she we said. We haven't heard anything yet. Farron said that she heard wings and at quote big ones. So Finn's gonna get out there ASAP. Uh, he'll leave the shovel, by the way. So, Finnevere, you quickly drop the shovel and begin hightailing your way away from the mines. And as you do that, you guys hear a loud thud sound at the top of the canyon, right over the mines, and you see as some rubble begins to fall down, covering the spots that you've already cleared. At the top of this cliff on the canyon, you see this red-colored creature with glistening red scales, and what appears to be steam coming off of its body. You can see that another one begins to fly overhead like a vulture, it's much smaller, however. Okay, what is your initiatives, guys, just to make this easy? Uh, Charles Smoot has a total of 10, and Finnevere has a 12. The dragon that is flying overhead appears to be smaller than the one up on the cliff. In fact, it is almost no larger than a human child. It has red translucent scales with mottled mauve and burgundy. Its wings are mottled black, and you can see crimson in its eyes as it flies overhead, and they both seem to hiss 
the one on top of the cliff, lurches up its head and seems to almost make out a chuckling sound. All right. So we go to the top of the round. You see that the large drake on top of the canyon lifts off and begins to fly overhead. You see, though, that in its claws appears to be large rocks, which as it flies over top of you, it begins to drop them. I need you guys to roll a reflex. Oh, no. 17 patrolsmen. They're in league with the bandits. Imagine a 20 for Finn. All of you manage to duck out of the way of the large rubble. However, you feel your bodies being pelted with the small debris that flicks up from the ground as these large boulders are dropped onto the earth. And you all take two bludgeoning damage. My big rumpus. You feel as these rocks spray up, eating into your skin, leaving some small bruises. Kelsey is going to move behind Benavir and Valen. All right. Okay. All right. You guys, you, you stay in the front. I'll be here. You stay up there. But she's going to actually end up delaying the rest of her turn. She's going to move down to the turn order. So now it is Finnevere's turn. Am I assuming from the description that it dropped a rock while flying that it is still in the air? Yes. Would you say it's still within 80 feet of Finnevere? It's very high up in the air. So these are very tall canyons. It is Mm -hmm. up in the air, probably about 300 feet. 300 feet. How about the small one? Hold on. See, flying creatures, they're problematic. What do you do? Mm, Depends. You coax them into coming closer so you can hit them with a melee weapon. So the smaller one is hovering in the air around 100 feet. It has flown down a little bit and it seems to almost be chuckling at you guys. Finn pointed the big one to say, is that the one that attacked you? Both of them did. All right. Maybe we'll take the small one out first. I would like to move to the right uh, as far as I can go until I'm under the creature or as close as I can get to it. It's 100 feet in the air. I need to get as close as possible. Draw his crossbow with the movement. So you want to go right up to it, moving about 25 feet? Uh, if possible, yeah. That sounds great. Okay. So, Finnevere, you move 25 feet yep. to the right, going directly underneath of this drake, this smaller red drake, who is currently hovering the air at about 100 feet. He's going to point out his crossbow and... I'll consume a swift action to empower it with an arcane strike. Uh, and he's going to fire crossbow at it. Uh, Finnevere, do you have a bolt in your crossbow or did you reload it yet? I, I mentioned frequently that I always load the crossbow when, okay. uh, especially when in anticipating combat. Finnevere, as you let loose on this arrow, you see as the string on it snaps. FYI, I have been rolling for this because you did say consistently that your crossbow is always loaded. All right, and it looks like it is Charles Smoot's turn now. Uh, Charles Smoot having uh, no recourse for hitting anything in the air. You want to taunt? Will, is that like an intimidate check? Yeah, I will roll an intimidate check. Moving forward past Faerun towards the larger dragon that just flew past us, he's going to attempt to intimidate and coax it down to fight him. Okay. Running up about 15 feet, Charles Smoot, you begin... Uh, shouting and insulting its mother. Okay. Its mother. All right. Yeah. Their mother was a monitor lizard, barely a Komodo dragon. Come down and bite me like a lizard. You see as the drake seems to shake its head. <laughs> uh, total 15 on intimidate. It seems irritated. 
Uh, so yeah, I, I would just run up and taunt it effectively, but making sure to pull out both my Bastard Sword and Shield as part of the movement. Or, well, with the rest of my turn effectively as well. So, Finnevere, you hear Kelsey run up behind you, and she actually passes off to you her crossbow. Uh, thank you. Uh, what are you going to use? Well, hopefully not a dagger, but it's what I got. Well, uh, Chucks. Behind you guys, you hear the sound of what may be some sort of magic being cast as with sort of um, that tinkling ice sound that you're kind of familiar with now, which you assume that Valen is currently summoning that weird knife thing he does. All right, Charles, you and I have the big one. And he runs up next to you. Leave the little one to the ladies. I hope you don't count me into the ladies. Well, I mean, that's not the... Hold on. And you see as Farron lobs what appears to be some sort of mixture in a little sack. And as she does, you see as there's an explosion that hits against this drake. The big one? The big one, yes. The big drake, which has lots of scars on its body. It roars at you in protest. However, as it does, it then seems to smirk. As you see a little puff of fire come from the, the bomb. The bomb. That did, like, nothing. Hmm. You just hear Farron sort of fumble. The arm on that woman. It breathes fire. You think that's going to do anything? Uh, obviously, I did not think that was going to hit. And, um, uh, oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, we're in trouble. That's where we're at, ladies and gentlemen. All right. You see as this large scarred drake lands with a thud on the ground and you feel the earth shake somewhat. But as it does land, ahem, it breathes a cone of fire out from its mouth. And I'm going to need a reflex saving throw from you, Charles Smoot. And I gotta, I gotta roll. <laughs> 18 for Charles Smoot. Okay. Charles Smoot, you are going to be taking four fire damage as you manage to duck just in time, but the top of your hair gets singed. I need to roll for these two now. <laughs> it's the Dark Souls dodge roll into danger. And similar, both Valen and Farron also managed to duck just in time as they saw the head of this creature rear back and it opens its mouth, and you see this red flame sort of spew out. Finnevere, you see as this four-foot red drake flies down and swoops towards you, attempting to bite at you. You, in terror, duck. Ah, uh, yeah, accurate. Ah! It swoops over your head and then flies, doing a little bit of a somersault back into place, where it hovers in the air, hissing at you and growling, and you see as steam just evaporates from its body. All right, Finnevere, it's your turn, though. It is lower to the ground now at about 60 feet. It's like, okay, okay, okay. He reaches into his bandolore, grabs out the thread and fishing wire, and he is going to try to cast Mending on his broken strap on his uh, on his uh, crossbow. Remember, she handed Kelsey. you a crossbow already. Yeah, I do, but if, if she doesn't have a weapon to defend herself, that we are down a whole person for this whole fight. Theoretically, or at least from my perspective. Okay. All right. So you attempt to cast mending. Uh huh. Okay. You see, as the two strings start to meld back together as you cast this spell. That, because that was a standard action to use a move action to try to pass uh, Kelsey's cross back. I think I got it. Okay. Charles Smoot, it's your turn. We're going to do the, the Charles Smoot special and do a charging power attack on the dragon with our bastard sword. 
Okay. While going into Barbarian Rage as a free action. Natural crit. Oh! Uh, we're going to confirm that crit. Crit aggressively not confirmed, but it will hit. Yeah. Uh, for a total 14 damage. If only the crit confirmed. So, Charles Smoot, you run up and you are swinging with your bastard sword and you graze across the front of this creature's neck, gliding your bastard sword across it and actually nicking a scar that was already there. But you see as the flesh sort of cuts open. And as you do this, I need you to roll a reflex. Oh no, villain actions. Uh, 19 for Charles Smoot's reflex. Charles Smoot, as you do this, you have this sudden inkling in your mind that you need to move because as the blood comes pouring out from this creature's wound, you see as it sort of burns in the air and Mm. you realize you need to be careful of what wounds you create because it could burn you. Okay, so you handed Kelsey back the crossbow and she, she takes it and she actually backs up a little bit and she appears to be loading it. Valen runs up to this drake, and as he does, Charles Smoot, you see as this ethereal type of dagger seems to slish and slash around him, hitting against this drake, as well as Valen piercing with his rapier. And as he does, you see that much of the skin of this creature is severely damaged, and you can see that this drake is now bloodied. But you also notice that Valen sort of gets splashed by its blood, and he seems to take a little bit of damage as his skin is slightly singed. All right, Charles, we almost got it. You hear the sound of a cork on a bottle being popped, and the sound of somebody chugging something very quickly, followed by a groaning sound. But then comes charging up is Baron, who seems to be enhanced, Enhanced. so to speak. I'm gonna need to get me some of them enhancements. And she takes her dagger and she attempts to hit this large scarred drake, which is bleeding all over the ground right now. But unfortunately, even with this enhancement, which you can tell Charles that it seems to be affecting her legs, she's not able to pierce into its thick hide. Apparently her dagger might need to be sharpened. The drake that is in front of you, Charles, seems to look somewhat fearful and as it does, it tries to lift off the ground to fly away. Does this provoke an attack of opportunity? It would. Charles Smoot would very much like to hit it really hard. All right, you may attempt to hit it before it tries to escape. J- I mean, Jaden's watching this. I'm going to roll to confirm crit. Oh! Okay, so confirming crit just means my second roll has to hit the creature regularly, correct? Yes. Okay, we will see if this does. Uh, though I am doubtful. Uh, does a 13 hit? No. Okay. So it's a hit, but it is not a critical hit. Uh, 13 damage from Charles Smoot, rearing back and slashing with his bastard sword in an attempt to stop this dragon from fleeing. Well, Charles Smoot, as you begin to see this drake flap its wings to take off, you very quickly, actually taking your bastard sword, do a swing and sort of spin to give yourself more momentum. And as you do this, you hear it slice through the meat of this creature with a solid shink sound followed by a thud. Two of them, in fact. I need you also to roll a reflex. Oh, not blood. You're asking for my worst save. I'm just rolling like hot fire. Uh, 13 for Charles Smoot's reflex. Actually, Charles Smoot, as you finish with a little bit of a flourish, your bastard sword catches the blood that flies through the air. 
and you quickly shake off your blade as behind you is the corpse of a large drake. The tongue in its head lolls out of its mouth onto the ground as it breathes its last. Meanwhile, Vidimir, the drake that is before you, hisses angrily and seems to be very upset. It lifts itself up into the air even higher, flying overhead towards Charles Smoot. Come at me. Which it can do in one move, actually, apparently. Charles, it begins to dive at you, attempting to bite you. And it does hit, and you feel as your body is pierced by sharp fangs into your shoulder, and in fact, your sword-swinging arm. That's my good arm! You take seven damage into your shoulder as this creature angrily grips at your body, trying to tear your arm off. Vinevere, it is your turn. In crossbow terms, uh, 80 foot is the little guy within range. I'm using an air. Uh, aggressively, it's only 55 feet away. You're not even All at right. a single range increment penalty. Fenivir uh, will load a crossbow bolt, arcane strike, aim, and fire. That is 22. Okay, it hits. Roll your damage. A total of seven damage. As this bolt pierces into this Drake's side, uh, Charles Smoot. I'm getting burned, aren't I? You're going to get burned. That's 100% understandable. You take two burning damage as this blood ignites onto your skin, but it quickly burns away. It's almost instantaneous. Charles Smoot, though, it is your turn. Uh, Charles Smoot will attempt to slash at this dragon, which is uh, clinging to him, I suppose. Sure. Uh, So he will swing at it with his bastard sword, attempting to get it to unlatch itself from his arm. Okay. Uh, it's going to be a total 23 to hit. Okay. You find it quite cumbersome to swing your bastard sword. However, you're able to bring your bastard sword hilt against the creature and bash it on the head. What is your damage? A uh, total of six damage. Nice little hilt bonk. Okay. You do this and you see as the creature releases from your shoulder, hissing at you as red flames seem to sputter from its mouth. You hear as a crossbow bolt is loosed. However, Charles Smoot. Oh, am I taking some damage? You feel your thigh be pierced. I'm so sorry, Mr. Smoot. Kelsey! It seems that Kelsey misfired into combat. How much damage do I take? One. Oh, that's it? Okay, that's fine. It wasn't very deep. You actually are able to pull it out with very little blood loss whatsoever. All right. Next up, the man, the myth, the legend. The Violin. Lot von Lichtenstein. Ulrich von Lichtenstein. Okay. You see as Valen and again this dagger of his, which moves somewhat independently, swirls around this Drake, and you can see that it's being sliced up a good bit. Again, this small Drake is now bloodied, hissing and in pain. As Valen flourishes, you see as the blood of this creature sprays up in the air, but seems to quickly evaporate, almost as if the dagger that is floating around him is causing there to be somewhat of a cool environment. It's like global cooling, except on Valen only, I guess. I don't know. Uh, But at that point, then, this Drake, the last remaining Drake, in pain, angry, but also not wanting to die... Attempts to flee. Is that what we're gonna take opportunity? I will allow you to roll an attack of opportunity because they're not smart enough to withdraw. 
All right, Charles Smoot, enraged and wanting revenge for this, these teeth marks in its arm, will swing his bastard sword down and hoping to cleave this one similarly to the last. Uh, 18 to hit for Charles Smoot. Okay, that definitely hits. I love how you make an assumption. For a total of 13 damage. That's what max damage on a D10 looks like. So, um, how do you want to do this? I cut it in half. I thought you wanted trophies, but that's fine. We have a big dragon trophy. Well, how are you getting it somewhere? This is the small one. It's a child size. Ah, you're right. But now oh, it's too late. You too said late. you're slicing it in, in half. half. Yeah. Charles Smoot, you swing your bastard sword upwards, and as you do, as this creature's flying up, you actually slice clean through it. Please roll a reflex. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll gladly, t- I'll, I'll bathe in dragon blood if that's what it takes. Oh yeah, that's fine. Seven. <laughs> Who cares? You take three fire damage on your face scarring me permanently now you just have a little bit of a singe in your uh eyebrows you're specifically missing your left eyebrow no (laughs) it's my dominant eyebrow it's your smirking eyebrow how am i supposed to glare at people with a raised (laughs) eyebrow properly oh this is gonna be great take a minus one to intimidation well gentlemen that is the end of the combat congratulations you have slayed two drakes, which are not dragons. They're drakes. Burn, do you have any empty vials? Ugh. Hold on one second. She just starts throwing up on the ground momentarily. What's wrong with you? Ugh. The side effect. Oh. It is not my favorite. Hold on. She continues to throw up for about two minutes. You get five vials of this drake's blood. And as Farron looks at it, she suggests that you could potentially coat your weapons in it. Act as a flaming weapon for 1d4 rounds, and, or until the first successful hit, whichever comes first. Or if it's stored in an airtight container, she muses that maybe she could make some very special alchemist fire. Uh, Charles Smoot would uh, proceed to take whatever time is necessary and attempt to start digging out the miners who are trapped. Okay. You see as Kelsey starts to join you, a little bit shaken up. I really need to get better at being helpful in these situations. Are you kidding me? Nothing in our reality prepared us to fight literal dragons. They were fantasy novels. Jake's. (laughs) Same thing! So, um, Charles Smoot and Kelsey are currently digging for the miners. This goes on for a while. I'm I'm sure. It can take, like, days to uh, dig it, people out. Is everyone okay? Physically? Uh, Mostly okay. It doesn't look like anyone wants too awful hurt. Oh, yeah. Ignore me. I'm only, like, singed, bloodied, and bitten. That's fine. Mr. Smoot. I thought that was your regular look. Honestly, you look really great today, especially with the missing eyebrow. Uh, hey, watch it. I was almost going to take that as a compliment. <laughs> it's all right. I have some whitish paint back in the back of the the cart we could paint on a white eyebrow are you insane well you know you're whiting gray hey watch yourself i've still got plenty of uh, uh, color valen who is currently squat down by the drake's bodies sort of chuckles you know without the one eyebrow you really can't be a mr smoot i know i can't smoot things over the same way Maybe it's time for a personality change. I'll regrow an eyebrow before that happens. <laughs> Balen 
is sitting there for a moment before he speaks up. You know, I've heard stories about them. These drakes. Depending on what species it is, scales can be quite useful. You know what else is useful? Freeing a bunch of trapped miners. Get yes, over here yes. and help us. We can worry about that later. All right, fine. I was just saying. And he gets up and he walks over to help start digging out the miners. Uh, Finn, upon having his ears perked about uh, valuable or useful you scales. Do not have survival, please don't. I will harvest them later. You know, his mm, you're not his own character. You're yeah. right, but if he botches it. I'm not going to be, an eyebrow isn't the only thing going to be missing from today. I want to see, uh, for one, I'm going to try to take a, whether it's a, the roll or not, um, the literal, literal term of appraisal for the wings of each, as uh, uh, webbing might be useful, various leatherworking. You have no idea, but you could try rolling an appraise. While at least I might get the condition of the wings, which would be nice. I know it was trying to fly away before it was sliced in half. That is a nine. You have absolutely no idea about the value of these wings. You think they could be worth millions. Millions? Millions. In fact, they might make for a really cool cape. Yo, imagine if you had a dragon wing cloak. Yeah, no, now I want one. That would probably give really dope fire resistance too, though. Eh, uh, fine. He's feeling responsible today. All right, it'll go uh, back. All right, so your entire group has now joined together and you're currently trying to remove some of the rubble, being very careful about which pieces you move first, lest you cause further cave-in and troubles. After about four hours, you're able to clear enough rubble that you can see to the other side, which the miners also are peering out from. You see 12 of them inside. Kelsey. Baron, look through the settlement and see if you can find any rations or water skins lying around. These people are probably low on supplies. All right, you've got it. We'll be back momentarily. Let's go. Smoot will um, then turn to the hole and shout towards the miners. The drakes have been dealt with. We're currently scrounging around to see if we can get any supplies. Even if we can't get you out tonight, rest assured, you'll be safe home tomorrow. You oh, hear? what's left of them? Let's be honest. You hear the sound of joyful tears and crying, as well as cheers coming from within the mines. But you realize that this job is probably going to take a few days, which you probably do not have. And you also need to repair your wagon. This is the 17th day of travel, and you don't know how long you have, but you remember being told it's about a month just going the regular way. Baron and Kelsey come back with some supplies that they've managed to scrounge up, which they attempt to pass through the opening to the miners, which the girls then look at you, waiting for their next instructions. So we have a way to pass them stuff? Uh, There's an opening, yes. There's a very okay. small opening, which we can pass small things through, like water skins and rations. Is there a way to also, if we can pass those, can we pass a shovel so they can start working on their end? Uh, they've already been working on their end, right? Because they mm -hmm. had their mining supplies. And it also seems by this point that the sun is starting to get lower in the sky, starting to crest at the peak of the canyon. Charles Smoot would talk to the miners, whoever is in charge of the group or the group as a whole. Yeah, okay. You see that 
deeper within the mine, a sort of heavier set man approaches to the hole as you call for the leader of sorts. What is it, sir? We've scrounged up all the supplies we can find that's left in your encampment. But I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know how much longer we can stay to help. Do you think you can dig your way out from here? Also, if this is all the supplies you have, even if you get out, there's no guarantee you'll have the provisions. You hear the sound of whispered concern coming from within the mines. He looks at you. Give us one moment to discuss. We're already headed on our way (laughs) over there towards Weston Hill. If we started headed out now, we could head over towards Weston Hill and let them know you need immediate provisions rushed to your camp. They seem to move away from the opening and you hear kind of whispered discussion inside. Well, don't we have to repair the wagon? We should probably start looking for parts for that. And it's starting to get dark, so we should probably meet back up with the rest of our group. Indeed. You all get focused on that. I'll take care of whatever needs to be done with the miners. Okay. So Charles Smoot would wait towards the... uh entrance of the cave, waiting for a response from them, as everyone else, I guess, would begin gathering supplies. Yeah, that sounds about right. I've been most familiar with the cart, so... Okay. You guys, as you're walking around, you do see that there are... There's there's plenty of wood to be scavenged. Obviously, being in this canyon, there's not really a lot of trees around, so it seems that a lot of the wood had to have been brought in at some point, but you're very lucky and fortunate You manage to scrounge up a spare wheel in addition to enough wood to repair the axle for your wagon. The men in the mine, though, approach back to you, Charles. We can wait here, but it is rather concerning. We don't have much in the way of water or food, and there's no guarantee that the guards will even come in time. Are you guys not able to dig yourself out with the tools you have? Not without causing more of a collapse. It is easy to lift from the front, but since the weight is all on top, if we dig something wrong, it will collapse. I have an answer for you. I had an idea as well, but uh, feel free to share. You first. Well, I don't think that she sort of lowers her voice as it's just you and her right now. I don't think Valen will like it very much, but I think maybe I could stay behind. You? Why you? Because I know how to take care of people when they're sick. It is something that I have always done with my father. But, nah, it's going to say I stay behind, but you have a point. Uh, at the very least, what I was also thinking is if we leave the Aquinthian behind with you, you'll be able to move faster than us with the cart. You should be able to catch up to us if you're only a day or two behind. She kind of smiles at you. Don't worry. I know my way around here. I grew up in Weston Hill, after all. And it seems like you're the person for the job. Now, it's the hard part. Commencing Valen. Right. Let's just gather everyone together. I feel like there's probably going to be more dissent, not just from Valen, though. Well, you already know my answer, so I'm going to stay behind and see what I can scavenge while you all go ahead with the rest of the group. If anyone asks, I... What are you scavenging? I, I, I want to try and uh, roll survival on the dragon bodies to see if there's anything I can harvest. You, there was plenty of time while they were scavenging around for you to do that, Oh, too. I thought it was, like, digging and talking to the miners the whole time. Sure. Yeah, but by the by the point that they basically got to this. Okay. Yeah. So, um, how what would you like me to roll for the dragons? It's survival to harvest. Okay, uh, but I was more so referring to, like, how many times, because I know sometimes for larger creatures, you have me do multiple. Or is it just Large creatures, two. Okay. Small, medium creatures is one. Okay. 
Um, so first one. Are for... you particularly trying to harvest anything? Um, I'm debating. I definitely want the scales. Think about what you can carry in your wagon still. I will attempt to harvest the wings from the large dragon first. I, I can't. Jaden's here as my witness. Uh, there is a lot of hot rolls tonight. Hot rolls. Natural crit for a total 30 on Charles Smooth's survival to harvest dragon wings. It, it's a good night for Pathfinder. This is probably uh, Smoot's last time he rolls like this. <laughs> ever, for the rest of the campaign. All campaigns. Yeah, all campaigns ever. <laughs> My dice will be cursed next Wednesday. Okay, you're able to get the dragon wings from the larger dragon. You get both. Jaden, any input? Do you want dragon uh, teeth or dragon scales? Oh, well, there's not even a question. Uh, scales. Scales, 100%. Okay, cool. Um, uh, with Please my last survival. two remaining rolls, I'll just attempt to get scales from both the big and the little one. Uh, 23 for the big one and 28 for the little one. You get both. You get the skin of the smaller drake and then the part of the skin from the other hmm. drake. The weight altogether is about 150 pounds. From all the skins and the wings? Is the baby dra- is the little dragon's head still intact? You sliced what? it in half. I did half. slice it in half. Did, so I already decapitated the big drake? Yes, that was described very vividly. How heavy is the head? Heavy enough that I'm going to smack you with it. You 30 per- pounds. 30 pounds. Okay, that's... that's re- okay. Uh, Charles Smoot will bundle all of this together and attempt to carry all of it, all 180 pounds. Okay. So you bundle all this together. What about the conversation that you and Farron had? Do you try to gather everyone up or are you just... Oh, I thought she was saying, like, everyone would go back to the wagon, but I guess she probably doesn't want to leave here because she wants to be able to stay with the miners. Yeah, I would call everyone over. Finn, Kelsey, Phelan. Uh, okay, so, um... Oh, Mr. Smoot, why do you always do this? Do what? There's a... Why? You have a bloody bag behind you. Uh, yeah, and do you know how much this bloody bag's probably worth? I got 50 silver for a mantis head. This is a drake we're talking about. You're paying for the next bathhouse we reach. What? That is not at all how this works. I already had to pay Cece for her to stay there, and apparently now I owe other people. I don't accept this. It's fine. I'll pay for the bath if you really need it. All right. So? Good news. We found what looks to be a spare wheel and uh, something that we could probably use for the axle. Great. Yes, I'm aware we helped you find that. Well, I didn't know if Aaron was there. Uh, sorry, Valen was there when it was found. You guys have been working together enough that you all know about the parts. You were just kind of waiting for Farron and Smoot to finish up what they were doing. Well, uh, so now the whole group knows. All right, so are we ready to head back? Oh, in a manner of speaking. Yes, in a very manner of speaking. Uh, in fact, we're going to need your Aquinthian, Valen. What? Why? Uh, so, Farron How do you can... need Poppy? Uh, uh, well, I assumed you would want, uh, Farron catching up to us sooner rather than later. What? What? Uh, right, what? All right, so, um, let me explain it this way. Ah, uh, Mr. Smooth, you really... Even lacking one eyebrow, I still have the natural talent of smoothing things over. Uh, Valen, there's a lot of people here who need my help. I'm going to give them what aid I can, if you'll permit me. And she seems to look over pleadingly to him, who then crosses his arms somewhat sternly. Mostly because of her suggesting that she stay behind, but also because his poor Aquinthian poppy would have to stay behind. But he seems to think for a moment before he responds. 
fine. But I'll expect you back in Senai. And then she walks over, bending slightly at her waist, kind of playfully and coyly peeking up at him. Trust me, you're not going to need me much longer anyway. I'd have to get most of what you wanted. But all right, I'll see you all there. And she nods and smiles, and then she walks around, giving everyone sort of hugs and handshakes as needed and necessary. All right, but I'll see you all soon. I promise. Hopefully you won't make it to Senai in one piece, okay? We will see. It seems that our uh, parlor trick will not work the next two times. I don't know, I'm feeling pretty confident right now. We just slayed two drakes. I feel like I can do anything. Drakes are nothing compared to a well-organized government. We need to get David into the city as well. Unless he were to stay behind, too. That sounds like a bad idea. We can discuss that later, but... All right, fine. Let's just get back to the wagon for now. We'll have to figure things out in a bit. <sighs> I'm best get started on repairs. All right. And you guys begin to leave this mining settlement, leaving behind Farron and preparing to repair your wagon. It seems that this is where we're going to have to end today's chapter of the Gate Chronicles. See, I did it, guys. Ha ha ha. Thank you, families, for listening to this week's episode of The Gate Chronicles. We're so glad that you joined us. And you know what? If you've been enjoying this episode, this series, this podcast, please consider leaving us a rating and review in whatever podcast listening app that you're using. And make sure you actually leave us a rating and review on Podchaser because right now they are actually doing a charity event where if somebody leaves a review, they donate 25 cents to a certain charity. And then if we respond to that review, they double it. So guys, we can actually donate to charity. Go check it out and see what they're donating to to see if that is something that you would like to support. Uh, and make sure that you tag us like on our Twitter or Instagram at RollFound so that way we're aware uh, that a review was left and we can respond to it. And Foundlings, if you want to support the podcast in other ways, go to our website, missingrolleplayerfound.com. That's missing, R-O-L-L, playerfound.com and pick up some merchandise where we have hats, stickers, t-shirts, and more. Or consider donating to the podcast monthly through our Patreon where your uh, donations directly go to funding the show and helping us upgrade equipment, maintenance the website, and so on and so forth. And you also get access to things like early releases of episodes, as well as world-building stuff, like world lore in our World Anvil. Uh, you have to give us your username in order to get that, but make sure you go to our Patreon and consider donating to us and helping out the podcast that way. You can also join us in our Discord and hang out with us, chat, uh, play Minecraft, because that's a recent thing we've been doing. That link is in the description below. We'd love to have you join us. We do want to give a big thank you and shout out to Will Savino with Music D20, Michael Gelfi, Monumental Studios, as well as Kevin McLeod and other artists that we have used. Uh, we're also using Sirenscape to build our ambiances up. So when we play live, that is the software that we use. So if you guys want a really nice way to run your games, we use Sirenscape and we highly recommend them. There is a link in our description below that you can go to for easy access. But once again, Foundlings, thank you so much for listening and we will see you next, next week on The Gage Chronicles. Bye! Bye, Bye guys! Bye.